We're back. Just like I said, we'd be back. This is for the Glory KC, where we bring a mix of in-depth Kansas City soccer knowledge and a more casual perspective. I am Chad Smith, Associate Editor at KCSoccerJournal.com. Take you just slightly bit more in-depth. End up joined, as always, by my wife, the People's Champion, Sheena Smith, who gives us that casual perspective. Sheena, you got another wrestling nickname because we won. We did win, yes. And we, we we were out there helping. <laughs> yeah, we did Input Sporting Kansas City won, and last night Casey Current won, although Sporting just had a draw. Doesn't seem like there's going to be a day when they both win in the same night. It's, it's true. We were at the Casey Current game, so the Sporting game had started before the Current game had ended, and we were not home yet, so we started the sporting game late, but we did a good job of avoiding spoilers, you know, just like started it from the beginning. And Sheena's like, they're definitely going to lose because the current one, I was like, you stop <laughs> it. Like, oh my gosh, I don't need your negativity. And then, God, it felt like they were going to win. Well, we'll get to that game in a bit. So on today's show, we're going to talk about Sporting KC defeating FC Dallas at home. And then I'm going to call it suffering a draw against the Vancouver Whitecaps on the road. Uh, we're going to talk about a Alan Polito rumor, another rumor. Gosh, Polito rumors all, t- all the time. And then that KC current win and of course the digital crawl y'all so let's get right to it oh you don't want to get right to it we're gonna do some nonsense let's do some nonsense yeah I was gonna just say I'm still a little bitter we just got done playing family game night with our daughter and Chad is the reigning champion in ticket to ride Europe edition so for all you cool cats and kittens who like (laughs) board games what is happening right now? I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, um, yeah, Chad is a reigning champ over here. And I didn't even, I, I lost, like I came in last. You, you didn't even beat our daughter. That's that's tough. I know. I lo- I only lost by a couple points, but yeah, it wasn't my best game. It turns out I don't know enough about Europe, so I got to keep playing so I can learn my geography. You know what I think was the hardest thing about it was that the names weren't like fully in English like some of them were in English and some of them were in like probably the language of that country and it made it very hard to read and I was like what is this country and I was calling them by like the Americanized names and or the English names I guess yeah it was confusing but we're a big nerdy board game family yeah it's it's a thing around here and what's funny is Sheena and our daughter always want to play even though I pretty much always win (laughs) (laughs) you know I just like spending time together with you too I know well, that was the first time when we played Ticket to Ride Europe. We played the uh, the United States the version before. So the OG edition. Yeah. yeah. Or we don't know. It might be not the OG edition. That might be a spinoff because there was like we learned in the little pamphlet there was Ticket to Ride everywhere. It's true. Like Ticket to Ride America may not be the OG. It could be exactly. like Europe. A lot of these games are invented overseas, like the Settlers of Catan. I'm pretty sure it's like a German guy or something like that. So, oh. yeah, they're very creative, those Europeans coming up yeah, with their, their board game names. Anyways, Anyways. <laughs> let's talk some <laughs> soccer here. So we're going to go back in time and hit the games in order here. Well, in sort of order. We're going to about Sporting KC versus FC Dallas first. So that was a 2-1 victory on Wednesday at Children's Mercy Park. I was lucky enough to get to be there for that game. Sheena was holding down the fort at home. So I always think that's good because we get a little bit of a different perspective too. She hears the broadcast. I don't hear the broadcast. So we kind of have our own little takes. There was a couple of goals scored by Sporting and then they had to make it you know, edgy, nervous for us late by giving up a late goal and keeping keeping us on our toes. The first goal 
if you all remember, it was that Gotti Kenda goal. So Daniel Shallowy had like taken the ball into the box, dribbled, and then crossed it through everybody. I don't know how no one got a touch on it. And then Kenda got it from the other side. But what I was saying immediately after the goal was scored, if you all will remember, Gotti Kenda had just kicked the ball off of Eric Tommy's face like a few seconds before this play broke, you know, happened. And if it hadn't been for that, Tommy, he had, he had come off the field. He was like waving. I think he was like jogging back on as the goal ended up being scored. Kenda ends up being in Tommy's spot. He ends up being on the right side of the midfield. So I don't know who that cross would have been to. Would there have been anybody there? So thank you, Eric Tommy, for taking a ball off the face to allow Sporting KC to score a goal. Got, got his leg calibrated, you know, lined up for that shot. He, he was all dialed in after that. That shot that Eric Tommy took to the face looked painful. Like I can't imagine. This is why I could never play soccer for instances like this. I know they're rare, but it looked painful. I'm glad he I mean, was okay. I don't know if they're really that rare. Honestly, it's probably pretty rare that your own teammate hits it off your face like that. It yeah, was like a, a weird play true. in that regard. But you know, it's fairly common. You, you tip your forehead down, right? To try to head the ball. I can remember when I was a, a young lad, I took a soccer ball off the face <laughs> in a game. One of my best friends actually kicked the ball into my mm -hmm. face. I was a defender and he was a forward. And then I had to come off because I was bleeding. But I was like, put me back in, coach. Because, you know, youth soccer, you just make unlimited subs. Like, there's there's no rules, at least at this age, whatever age I was at that time. I just That one sticks out in my memory because I remember going back out there with the little plug things in your nose to stop the blood from coming out. So, yeah, that's yeah. your husband. Badass, clearly. <laughs> oh yeah you know if you know if our daughter got hit in the face and was bleeding she would be like yeah don't put me back in i'm done <laughs> I know. It's true so, yeah anyways but yeah um i was excited that kinda got a goal do you remember i think it was in the first half fontas almost scored a goal or yeah maybe that was like a screamer did it hit the crossbar too maybe yeah it did or maybe the goalie saved it and it hit the crossbar. and it hit the crossbar after he touched it yeah, yeah. I, can't, I can't remember exactly wednesday feels like so long ago We're it, you on know Sunday. it really does and i feel like fontas needed that goal because he makes so many errors on defense it would have been like a way for him to kind of what's the word i'm trying redeem to redeem himself redeem yeah that's exact i was trying to say i wanted to say rejuvenate and i was like that's not the word that's not right <laughs> i like how you still yeah. went ahead and said it anyways you know? <laughs> You know, right. we're all friends here. And I think if you haven't picked up, I'm not good with my words. <laughs> words are hard, right? Words they are, are. They really yeah. are. I don't remember if that was in the first or the second half, honestly. I think I do think it was the first half because I remember it was I, going that direction. I think direction. It, was it was right before yeah. halftime, honestly. Yeah. And I remember thinking, like you kind of said, he's trying to redeem himself because he had already had a couple bad giveaways and nothing had come of them. Dallas hadn't finished them. But yeah. I was thinking, man, what is Fontes doing tonight? Like, you know, poor Robbie Volders in the doghouse and could never get on the field. I spoke a little too soon when I was thinking that on Wednesday. And Fontes is staying out there and making mistakes and, you know, potentially costing his team the game. If da he had two really egregious turnovers, if Dallas scores on them, it's a loss, right? It's a completely yeah. different game. Now, who knows? They'll play the game differently if they had given up goals early so that they they would be trying to score more than they were at the end of the game. They were not uh, playing with the killer instinct that they had against Portland where they just kept piling on the goals. It definitely felt like they were hanging on against Dallas. You remember all the chances in the first half. Dallas had, gosh, they had that one that went off the post. They had several really good opportunities that they just kind of botched. If they were sharper, if they were playing better, Sporting probably loses that game. I would say both this game and the Vancouver game, for that matter, lots of luck. Sporting finally got some luck that went their way. Not all of it, mm -hmm. but I 
early in the season, these games would have been losses for sure. Yeah, I definitely felt luck was a little bit more on our side against Vancouver. It felt like in the Dallas game at any point, like Dallas could have easily scored. It's, I think both teams have played on the previous Saturday. So I think they probably had tire legs as well. Sporting played on Sunday, remember? Or like Sunday, okay. Yeah, and, and Dallas played yeah. on Saturday. It was a very busy week, though, for at least all the teams played every, like, three games this week versus that St. Louis nonsense where they got a break and Sporting didn't get a break. I'm not bitter yeah. about it, y'all. I'm not bitter about it. But, yeah, it felt like at any point if Dallas could have easily gotten back into the game because they're quick, and I remember that from – our first meeting with them when we were in Dallas and they beat us up. So I was glad it wasn't a beat down again um, and that we won. But yeah, I was really nervous because it just, they were, they're so fast. So yeah, they definitely score. Like they have a lot of goals and a lot of assists on the season. I mean, they were one of the better teams in the Western conference. So it's even better that sporting, you know, they're beating up on these teams at the top of the standings, beating Seattle, beating Dallas, getting a draw with LAFC. They're really hanging around with the good teams. It's the the mediocre bad teams that they were struggling against early in the season. I think if they played those teams now, that would be a different story. They're a, they're a wildly different team. They're just immensely more confident. Actually, that was the last day of May when that game happened against Dallas. And at the end of May, Sporting had the best record in the Western Conference and the second best record in the entire league for the month of May. So That's pretty, pretty good, good turnaround after a horrendous start to the season. Speaking of horrendous, can we talk about Graham Zussi getting injured? He came on <sighs> at halftime for Jake Davis, and then he, I want to say within 10 minutes, was injured. I think it's a hamstring injury. Yeah, it looked like it was his hamstring. Um, he was subbed back out at the 70th minute, so about 15 minutes into okay. the half. And I, I thought initially that the Dallas player had really cleaned him out the way he went down. I was like, oh, what? how is this not a, a card? And then looking at it on replay, I do think he gets him and maybe it causes him to step weird. And then he just like blows out his hamstring. You saw he had to be helped off the field. And then after the game, yeah. we're in the locker room with him. And he, yeah, it was so sad looking. He's just like slowly limping across the locker room, like these tiny little shuffly steps in his underwear, ladies. So if you'd have been there, that would have probably been pretty exciting for you. But I try not to look at them when they're in their underwear. I like try to give them some privacy, keep my eyes up, you know, stuff like that. The locker room's a weird place. It's a it's an odd thing to be in there, frankly. But it, it's cool the stories and the you know getting to talk to the players and whatnot. The other interesting thing that came from the Graham Zusi injury is that Shelton played right back because Jake Davis couldn't come back on, and that was an interesting plot twist. He didn't completely ruin you know being a right back. I actually think he's better at right back than he is playing a forward position. So that what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, considering he hasn't done that, he told us actually in the locker that he hadn't played defender since he was five years old. Is That was his guess. He couldn't recall for sure. Oh, wow. So, you know, it's a long time not to be back there. He he does play on the right wing. So there's some similarities in those positions in terms of how you cover. And you're you're working so closely with the right back that it probably helped him to be able to come, you know, kind of handle that. I do think he mostly did well. And then uh, my colleague, Jimmy Mack over at KC Soccer Journal, he tweeted out like, Kyrie Shelton is playing good or something like that at, at right back. That's a weird sentence to type or something like that. And then I retweeted it. And then like a minute later, they played that ball over the top of him. And then Kendall McIntosh is way too far out of his goal and, and Dallas scores to 
to pull back a goal. Luckily, it wasn't enough. They didn't end up finishing off the comeback. But it was what's funny. Vermees said this week that people are blaming Kyrie for that. Uh, I do think Kyrie was a little out of position. You should be defending first. You shouldn't be letting an offensive player get behind you when you're up and you're trying to hold on to a lead. But Kendall McIntosh was way more at fault. That was a really bad mistake from him coming out of the net. I think that we give plenty of blame on Kyrie when he does something wrong. He was playing out of position and apparently a position he hadn't played since he was five. So I, you know, I'm a little more, I give him a little more grace. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Anybody playing out of position, that said, Jake Davis is on a right back either, and he's been playing pretty darn good over there. But he knew he was going to play it when he he went into that spot. I don't know if you saw, right before the Zussi injury kind of changed the, or no, it wasn't the Zussi injury. It was, I'm trying to remember now. They were about to, oh, Rosero went down. Remember Danny Rosero oh, went yeah, down I earlier? I was going to say he got injured in that game as well. Yeah, so I don't know if he was injured or if it was just like fatigue. He's played so many minutes in so many games. He hasn't really gotten a rest since he landed from your, or from South America. But he was about to, like Kyrie was about to come into the game, probably for Polito, if I had to guess, when they pulled back that sub to put Robert Castellanos on and have him replace Danny Rosero. So they did a triple sub at that moment. And I thought for a second, because Shelton still had his jersey on, are they going to do a quadruple sub, four subs at the same time? <laughs> had, had they, then they'd have been screwed because later they'd have been out of subs. And when Zussi went down, they wouldn't have had another move to make. So kudos to Peter for pulling back and not making that sub. I asked him after the game if he was almost going to do four. And he said... Yeah, I, I couldn't. It would have broken my record. I couldn't. He was like laughing when he said <laughs> it. But I, I thought it was kind of funny because, you know, he's he's not really known for ever even doing like a triple sub. So doing a triple sub in that moment was I think it's progress from Peter. He's willing to we talked about this last episode. He's willing to put the veterans in the game right to help close out a match. And he always wants to hold one sub in case there's an injury. And this time it really worked out that he held on to that last last sub for Zussi. I agree. Yeah, we needed that last sub. The only other thought I had on this game was that Dallas scored in stoppage time, which made the last few minutes of the game a little intense for me. I don't know how it was in the stadium, but yeah, I was, was a little nervous. Yeah, there was definitely like a nervousness and an anxiousness in the press box, I would say. So my other thought on the game, I, I got to talk about the game winning goal from Daniel Shalloway. It was kind of a weird one, right? Like he's just dribbling like on the edge and then inside the box and no one's stepping to him and he just takes the shot and scores. Now, Sheena, I have a question for you. Could you tell that the ball was deflected on the broadcast? Because I couldn't tell in the stadium. Oh, Chad, you should have asked me this on Wednesday. I don't remember. <laughs> it's five days ago. Who could remember this I one know. weird little play? Well, I, I watched back the replay. And honestly, I couldn't tell it was deflected until I really focused. And you can see the ball, the spin kind of changes on the ball. The reason I bring it up is because we were talking to Daniel in the locker room afterwards, which, by the way, Daniel is a great interview. We're basically talking to him after almost every game in the locker room because he's just so forthcoming. He'll talk to you and say stuff, and he laughs and has a good time with the media, which I think is is good because a lot of these guys are super media trained and they don't say anything of any importance, Mm -hmm. which is like, that's kind of boring sometimes. Right. Like, but him and Johnny Russell, they do a really good job of like giving you some detail. Roger's pretty good about that. Roger can play the role straight, but then he can be super chill too, which is fun. But shall we said the shot took just the tiniest of deflections and that he needed it because if it didn't get deflected, it wasn't going in. So I thought that was interesting. And because of the late goal given up, he got yet another game-winning goal. He extended his 
all-time lead for Sporting Kansas City game-winning goals. I think it's 15 in the regular season now. So Daniel, legend. Actually, real quick, I want to just say about Daniel Shallowy because I don't know about you, but in my timeline on Twitter, I get so much shallowy hate all the time over all these last few years. And admittedly, he had a, a bad season a couple of years ago where it was just really, really bad, right? But he is the leading scorer on the team. His four goals on the season. The next closest has two. There's four people with two, actually. And then he's leading the team in assists. Eric Tommy tied him up at three. So four goals, three assists, seven goal contributions. Now, granted, Sporting are kind of behind on their goal contributions, but all those haters are out of my timeline. I think Shallowy is a really good MLS player. He's maybe not great and can't do everything by himself, as we saw early in the season when he was missing pieces around him, but he's a great part of an attack and if he's got other pieces kind of aiding him it opens him up he's creating opportunities for others with all his hard work and just want to give a little daniel shallowy shout out a little love i definitely don't get the shallowy hate because i some like at the beginning of the season wasn't impressed overly with him but he's won me over he's a hustler and he shall not so yeah i i don't have the same experience yeah people that, aren't getting in your mentions about it probably because yeah. i'm like standing for him and kind of you know stand standing up for yeah. the guy but uh Sheena, do you remember on the Vancouver game where you're like, yeah, let's sub Shallowy out. He hasn't done anything. So it's funny that you just said you changed I, your stance. <laughs> he probably wasn't doing enough that night for me. That was last night, right? That is last night. Yes, that's correct. Okay. But my, okay. So can we transition to that game? Yes. Let's talk about okay. Sporting KC drawing against Vancouver 1-1 one, one, and yeah. BC place in Canada. So my issue wasn't with how he was playing. It's that he's played every game and that was kind of my criticism of a lot of the players is I don't now granted I need to like caveat this with we went to the KC current game and we had a long day of events before even the KC current game so I was pretty tired and I was awake for most of the first half I think I fell asleep just a few minutes before halftime yeah it was in stoppage time that you dozed yeah. off on that. so I like wrote down the minute I was like so you can go back to it and you're like I'm not going back to this <laughs> I watched some highlights I feel like Chad's it because I was like watching it in our basement and I was asleep but every time Chad yelled it woke me up so I then I'd be awake periodically at least most of my observations are going to be in the first half and then about the 85th minute when I woke back up and it was right around the time of the PK. So it was your fault. Oh, except for we were watching it on tape delay. So it had already happened. Yeah, it wasn't my fault. I'm just kidding. You know, you know how I like to blame us randomly for nonsense that we have literally no control over. I actually hate when you do that. (laughs) But anyways, but my complaint when I saw the lineup is that a lot of these players, because we had played like a three game stretch and there was a lot of the same starters and all three games and I'm glad it worked out in the first two games I just wasn't sure it was going to work out again in Vancouver and it's like you just don't want to run your big players to the ground like shallow we could have had a rest and that was all I was saying last night fair enough I, I think when you said it I said who do you want them to put on Kyrie Shelton and then you didn't have a response for me. <laughs> so you're like maybe <laughs> maybe shallow we should stay in the game I think is what you said so. yeah but, but he wasn't fair, the only one that I felt that about. He was just maybe the one I vocalized it about. Yeah, Daniel does a good job of working pretty tirelessly. He just he must he just be in incredible shape because like you don't see him getting tired. There were guys going into the game where I was like, you cannot play Polito the whole game, although they did. Uh, you cannot play Tommy the whole game. 
although they almost did. I think it came out right at the very end for Espinoza. But it was just, there's these guys that don't quite have 90 in them. Tommy, Kinda, Polito's just not back there yet. Even some of the defenders who are kind of recovering from injuries still aren't quite there on a consistent basis, especially in third game in seven days. This scheduling is just so stupid. But they handled this three games in seven days better than the last three games because they yes. got seven, seven of a possible nine points versus the last one. They got four of a possible nine points. So and it, it felt like a moral victory to tie LAFC. But then to get murdered by St. Louis that weekend was pretty, pretty grim. Yeah, no, I agree with that. But yeah, I mean, I felt like from the points in the game I saw, there was it was kind of a slow game. Polito had that crazy yep. goal that was I don't even know how to explain the goal, but Yeah, so off a corner kick, Eric Tommy kind of whips in a what would be called an outswinging ball because it's swinging okay. away from the net. It was Polito, with his head, right? Yeah, and Polito jumps up and glances it with his head and redirects it into the far post like side netting area really really good kind of world-class play there from Polito. it it reminds you of what he's capable of and if he can only stay healthy and be out there more often that maybe we could see this stuff but he may never be the guy he was before right he's 32 he's been through all these bad injuries well probably won't have to worry about that we'll talk more about that in a second he's probably not a lot long for this team I'm pretty sure like a few minutes before he scored, I said, he can go to Chivas. So like, I, I'm pretty <laughs> you did. sure. You did say something yeah. like that. And then I think you took it back afterwards. You're like, oh, just kidding. Uh, we'll keep him a little I, longer. Yeah, we can keep him a little longer. But that's where I stand on that. I, I'm pretty sure I say that consistently. You've been con- you've been very consistent on that. Let, yeah. Let's go back to the beginning okay. of this game, the part where you were awake. Uh, how nervous were you that Robert Castellanos was going to get sent off for a red card for that uh, tackle oh, on yeah. Cordova? That was ridiculous because it definitely wasn't a red card. I, I understood a yellow, but the fact they were reviewing it and they were reviewing it for what felt like forever. Forever. There was like eight minutes of stoppage time because yeah. of that and, you know, various injuries and things that had happened. And, and there was another long review later, which we'll talk about. Which I think when they were reviewing the red card, it was like in the seventh or eighth minute of the game, which would have been really unfortunate to have gone the whole game down a man. I'm glad they got that call, right? Yeah, I'm with you too. And I get why they were looking at it because it kind of looks like he's the last defender back. But when you see the wide angle, you can see Fontes is back too. And he's cutting across. Like, I just don't, you're so far from goal. And it's not like Fontes was further up the field. Like he would have had to catch up with Cordova, I think it was. I can't think of the guy's name. Uh, doesn't matter. Whatever, the Vancouver player. <laughs> Former RSL player, actually. Anyways, he he had the angle and he was further back. Like, he was totally going to get there. What made me nervous is that if the VAR, the video assistant referee, uh, signals down to the ref, hey, go to the monitor and look at it, that means he thinks it's a red. He wants you to go look because he thinks that the ref got it wrong. And thank goodness the ref stuck to his guns and, and didn't change that play. Yeah, thankfully, because I it would have been the wrong call had he done well, it. And then he played the whole dang game on a yellow. I thought for sure he was going to sub off at the half when they were like, oh, there's a halftime sub. Robert Valder's on. I was like, oh, good. They're taking Castellanos off. And then they took Fontas off, which yeah. again, probably just because he was tired and played so many minutes. Th- this screams to me. We talk about this all the time, or I talk about this all the time. Peter Vermees has a plan going into the game. There's something he wants to do. And this was pre-planned, I think, Unless Fontes was like tightening up or cramping or didn't think he could make it the whole way. 
I would have definitely taken Castellanos off, but I, he did play pretty good overall. He he made a bunch of important clearances. He's he seems to be very athletic. I feel like he wins a lot of yeah. balls in the air and it kind of cleans cleans up a lot of messes. But he also you know contributes to the messes sometimes because he had some mistakes that let players have chances. So I don't know. He I'm the jury's out for me on Castellanos. I'm not. I don't want him to be a starter. That's for sure. No doubt. About I that. I feel like that is the story of all our defenders is they can make some really good plays, but then they're also involved in some really bad ones like consistently I don't know that there's anyone on the defense where I'm like they're solid every time like I I don't feel that way I think that's incredibly fair yeah Danny Rosero I think has probably been the best of the the defenders but he's definitely had some mistakes I'm like where are you passing this ball to he's not he's not a great passer I think right now like if he makes the simple pass it's mostly comes off fine but he has some passes where it's like under no pressure, he's trying to pass to Jake Davis, his right back, and he'll pass it out of bounds. Or he you know, had a few turnovers where he's trying to make some plays happen and you know, let let the let the play build up on its own. Don't don't try to force something because then you gotta cover. And he's he's looked a little tired lately. And I'm wondering if he wasn't on the injury report for this this last game this weekend, but was he hurt because he subbed off early against Dallas, or was he just still dealing with it we did i did see some photos he traveled to the game he was in vancouver so he must have been a maybe a game time decision vermise said uh to the media on thursday i believe that they were going to make all their decisions on friday they were going to fly to vancouver and make their decisions from there in terms of who was going to play because it was really just about like how are people's bodies responding to training and because again third game in seven days because mls Mm -hmm. uh, i'm pretty sure probably just doesn't care about sporting and just schedules them (laughs) however they want to schedule them. Sporting control their stadium. They own their stadium. They should be able to make a schedule that works well. Vancouver, I don't know if they own their stadium or not. That would be the only hiccup because the other two games are at home this week. Why? A Sunday home game to appease Fox. That's that's what kind of threw a wrench in this because then you get an extra day's rest if not for that. Okay. that may, I mean, it doesn't make sense, but I guess you know, you're trying to appease Fox. The yes. one thing I noticed in the Wednesday game was when I was looking at the standings uh, after Dallas, the Dallas game, I noticed that Sporting and Colorado have played 16 games, but then there was some teams like St. Louis, who's only played 13, and then LAFC has only played 12, and I get they had their first game canceled with LA Galaxy or it got moved because of weather. But it's just like it it feels like there should be more of a balance. Like there shouldn't be a four-game discrepancy between some of the teams and yeah, and, and now it's up to five because LAFC didn't play this weekend because they're going to play well today they're playing cruise is it cruise Azul? I can't even remember Leon somebody they're Leon I'm pretty sure it's Leon in the CONCACAF Champions League final so that's why that's why LAFC is way out of balance I cannot speak for why some of these other teams are so out of balance like why does St. Louis have so many less games but but a lot of times people will say oh they have it's called having a game in hand, right? Or multiple games in hand. And they'll be like, oh, they have all these games in hand. So they're going to make up all these points or they're going to catch up or, you know, whatever the case may be. But in reality, you got to win those games to make them count. And that means while sporting's had a bit of a congested schedule early in the year, 
these other teams are going to have congested schedules down the stretch. So inevitably, LAFC in particular, St. Louis a little bit, those are the two outliers, really. They're going to have a bunch of games jammed in together at some point, and that's going to cause them to have to play backups or subpar lineups or tired lineups, and hopefully that'll cause them to lose some points because St. Louis, unfortunately, are back in first place. Yeah, And LAFC is pretty up there too because yeah they're in third and they've played uh two less games than st louis and five less games than sporting in seattle yeah Yeah. it is it is really kind of wild when you look at the points and the games played you're like oh man it kind of shows like oh we really screwed up at the beginning of the season with yeah because sporting have 17 points through 17 games which is a really bad pace but Considering they got most of those points in the last few weeks, it's yeah. kind of crazy. They had, you know, what was it, three points through the first 10 games. It was really bad. So they've, yeah. they've turned it around quite quickly. And as as we sit here recording this, they're just two points out of the final playoff spot, just three points out of not having to be in that play-in game. And then only 11 points behind St. Louis. I'm sure they're going to make that up. Right? They'll get all the way to first. <laughs> uh, definitely. I, I mean, anything's possible. So yeah. I don't know uh, if the math works out on that one. They'd have to go on just know. an epic run. But um, yeah. I, I do want to talk about a couple other things from the Vancouver game before we fully get out of this. We were saying how there was a ton of stoppage time in the first half. Remember Vancouver scored and they took the goal away. And I don't know about you, but we were watching on Apple and I think you were still awake during this time. And we were oh, like, yeah. why did the goal get taken away? Like, I, I couldn't really understand. Did I tell you I found the answer on the on the interwebs? You did not tell me you found the answer on the interwebs. Yeah. So remember I was saying, or even the announcers were saying, I don't know why they're calling this. There is a Vancouver, there's a couple Vancouver players offside, but they weren't interfering with the goalie's ability to save the ball. So why are they taking this goal away? And Christina Uncle, who is a referee or at least a former referee, I don't know if she referees anymore, and she works for one of these networks and kind of breaks down things. Kind of like how, you know, in the NFL, they have former referees that'll explain this is what's happening. They'll come on the broadcast for a second. So she came on Twitter and basically said it wasn't because Blackman, the player that was offside, interfered with the goalkeeper. It's because he interfered with Robert Castellanos, the defender. So he stopped his ability to get to the ball and make a play because he had bumped into him and he was like kind of falling over. So I thought that was interesting. And I think what it, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, I think they raised the flag and they took the goal away immediately. And then they went and video reviewed it and they kept the goal taken away. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. I don't really remember. I was really tired at that point. Is Christina uncle married to Ted uncle other. I'm going to guess she's his daughter because she looks a lot younger than him. But they do have the same spelling. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You should you should Google that right now. Yeah, I don't care enough. <laughs> this isn't like the band Yellow Card naming themselves Yellow Card. Yeah, you know not the, the same right intrigue. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. All right. So uh, I have some thoughts from the second half. Is okay. there any other first half thoughts before we get to the second half where it's a lot of me before you woke up in the 85th or so? <laughs> Not that I'm thinking of. Okay. Okay. We could yeah. always go back, right? There's no okay. rules. This is our podcast. Do whatever yeah. we want. So it, in the second half, I really was starting to notice how tired sporting was. Uh, you were saying the game was kind of boring. I don't think I woke you up that often because not much was happening. <laughs> like it was, they were playing incredibly defensive. 
at times to me it looked like they were in like a four five one where both of their wingers would sit in deep and just Polito would be alone up top trying to create pressure and they were just it was moving very slow they would try to clear the ball and they'd fail and they'd go right back to defending but that said I thought they defended really well as a team they worked well together and they would hustle and I remember Tommy in particular making a couple plays where he like runs back almost all the way into the box to end up creating something. Remy did the same sort of stuff. And despite that, though, they were they were looking exhausted when they were trying to go forward. They basically couldn't go forward because they were too tired. Then what kind of annoyed me was they put Gotti Kinda in the game and he weirdly was playing striker. He, he subbed in for Polito. When you mm-hmm. have Stephen Afrifa on the bench, he was fresh yeah. and hasn't played any games and i get that he's young and maybe you're nervous he's going to make a mistake or whatever and maybe he would have but i think there's something to be said for keeping some of that energy out there like they put shelton on for johnny's and johnny's didn't look tired to me like he seemed like he was handling it well but i'm sure oh, maybe, the, maybe but, the metrics told him otherwise like you know the little things they wear in their back yeah well and if you remember in the first half he, his shoulder popped out he yeah got, that's true he got a hit and so Maybe he came out more because of the pain, not because that could, he was that tired. Could that could be. Or it could have been pre-planned. But I Maybe. thought for sure Shelton was coming on for Polito. And then when they didn't do that and they put Kenda in for him, I was like, what, what is happening right now? And then I don't know if Kenda was hurt or if he, he – obviously, he's still not fully fit, right, coming back from his injury. But he was just like walking around out there. He was He was like limping at times. Shelton was doing that thing where he just kind of – walks to nowhere i was getting annoyed because i I was like you need to be on the game in there to kill off the game and it's like he had some moments going forward where he really could have made something happen and then but outside of that he was i don't know he was probably just told to defend first and he was just sitting super deep and defending and he wouldn't press and try to make something happen but then late in the game they needed a goal so i would have liked to see more out of him He, he hasn't played enough to be tired in my opinion unless he's still dealing with his adductor injury that he's coming back from i agree and where's felipe hernandez been like he's another hustler that would have been great energy the steven afrifa thing really bothers me because it seems less likely as more rumors which i know we're going to talk about here in a minute Polito come out like there needs to be a game plan and is a free fight the future and if he is then like he should at least be getting to come on and sub on for Polito yeah so it's very frustrating to me it goes back to Peter doesn't trust the young guys he trusts the old guys to come in and close out the game but he doesn't trust the young guys because if you think about it Kinda's in his upper 20s Shelton's in his upper 20s he's putting on like Espinosa came on late which I'm fine with Espinosa coming on late he's you know that's when he should be playing in my opinion but uh yeah Hernandez maybe you know I wouldn't even be upset putting him on the wing you're playing defensively anyways he can run really hard he he honestly he could have played that false nine center forward thing that Kendo was doing Kendo wasn't he didn't have the energy to get out there and go like he didn't look like he was right now maybe he pulled something or tweaked something on that awful green carpet turf in Vancouver or something but he it it did it didn't work well and if you know you're going to play defensive anyways you know that Hernandez will put in a shift, you know, if you get him out there. Yeah, I was I was really disappointed because I don't think we've seen Hernandez since maybe last Sunday. I don't even I don't think he played in the Dallas game. Yeah, I believe that's accurate. And yeah, he got that the fourth goal against Portland the prior weekend. So I I would like to see more of him. There's not enough depth for me on the wing in this roster build because 
like you were saying, sub Shallowy off, give him a rest. But then what was the option? Put in Shelton, maybe put a free fan at the wing. He played a little wing for SKC2 the other day. But I think he's a center forward. He seems comfortable in the middle of the field, but I don't know. I don't know if there's some roster construction problems because they're super deep at midfield. Think of all the guys that play the two advanced midfield spots. You've got Tommy, Kinda, and Voltaire, who are essentially two out of three of them are going to start pretty much every game. Behind them, you've got Espinoza and Hernandez. Technically, Jake Davis is in that depth chart too. Cam Duke. Uh, and then even Ozzy Cisneros, although he's yet to appear for the team this year. And then on the forward line, what do you have after the starters between Russell Shallowy and uh, Polito? Then you go to Johnny's, who's been doing pretty good. And then Shelton and Afrifa. It's just not enough players. Three spots versus that other position only has two spots and there's way more people. It's just a bit of a roster construction screw up in my mind it goes back to i would have taken dom dwyer still that would have given oh, boy. you a little oh, bit boy. more depth i mean yeah, everybody take a shot if you take a shot every time sheena brings <laughs> dom dwyer back up <laughs> i know i'm not even like a huge dom dwyer fan it's hard to tell anything. i feel like everybody probably thinks you have like a dom dwyer effigy built on your wall no. that you're like uh lighting candles to him or whatever every no, night. No, not at all. <laughs> I just, maybe because he was the only potential rumor for um, Striker. So I don't know. That's just who I keep going back to. But they should have come up with, if Peter Vermees has more faith in an older person than like a youngin, then he should have, Dom Dwyer fits that older person. He's the same age as Polito. So I don't know. But yeah, also Macintosh, he had some great saves in the game. He also had the goal that he gave up was upsetting. I think you're confusing oh, it was a PK. He gave up a penalty. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say that's, okay. that's like I was an thinking 80%. of the Yeah, I was thinking of the Dallas game where it just yeah, went that was past bad. his feet. Yeah. Well, he ran way outside the box and they yeah. just like flick it over him or whatever. But yeah, yeah I, I think Macintosh played well also. You know what's interesting is we were having this debate in the KC Soccer Journal Slack and everybody was crapping on Macintosh. And I was like, what did he do wrong in this game? Like he had a turnover really, really late in the game, like at the in the dying, like literally dying seconds of the game. But Castellanos had passed the ball back to him in a bad spot and he tries to clear it and it gets picked off and then Dallas could have had a chance, but then they didn't, they like didn't attack. They weren't aggressive with Mm -hmm. it. So, but I thought I'm with you. I thought McIntosh was good. I think he's probably going to continue to be the keeper for now. I I like pools camp. I'm not against pools camp, but I like McIntosh too. Yeah. I think McIntosh is better with his feet for sure. And you can see in some of the passes he makes that Tim or, John just put out of bounds, frankly. Is Pulse Camp, is he at least starting um, for SKC2? He is so not he's just because not he's having to this, play at all. Yeah, this is the problem when you lose a, a keeper is that you only have three on your roster almost always. So then somebody's sitting on the bench in the other game. Now, if these games were in a different order, like they played uh, the Vancouver Whitecaps 2 on Friday night, if that game had been in the other order, and it came after the SKC, the first team game, then maybe he would have been able to play. Because like, okay, you didn't play in this one. Now let's play you in the twos. So, all right. Well, we have to mention it, and then we'll get out of here on this this game and move on to another topic, is the penalty kick. Uh, Robert Volder, who I've been advocating to get back into the game, thinking, gosh, why is this guy in the doghouse? Then he plays one half. Played pretty well, I thought. 
uh, he earned a yellow card on a really good run up the field, like dribbled through a bunch of players. He was like further up the field than anybody because he had fresh legs. Well, then he gave up a penalty kick in like the 88th minute and whoops, Sporting ends up taking a win and turning it into a draw. A draw honestly felt like a fair result. It didn't feel like Sporting were the better team for most of the game. They were holding on and defending but it's still a bummer. They could have used a little more luck there <laughs> and it didn't, it didn't come through for them. I agree. All right, let's go take a quick break and we'll be back with more for the glory KC. All right. And we are back. We have teased it a couple times already. Let's talk Alan Polito. So there is a new rumor. Oh, there's like nonstop rumors that Chivas, Guadalajara, and Liga Emekis, they want to acquire Alan Polito. That's who Sporting bought Polito from a few seasons ago, what, three and a half seasons ago, something like that. And they're wanting to get him back. And a second rumor came out that they were trying to get him now in the summer and that Sporting set a price for $2 million to buy him. As a reminder, Chivas can sign a pre-contract with Polito this summer and he would leave for free in the winter and join their team. But Liga Emekis, their season, well, they have two seasons, but the Apertura, their first season of the year, uh, starts in the fall. So then they wouldn't have him for that, quote, first season. And then they'd have him for the Klausura in the, in the spring. So $2 million is insane for somebody that's just about to leave for free. I think the price, if it's real at all, is nonsense just to say, well, okay, we'll sell him if you'll overpay for him. But otherwise, we really need him. Uh, to give you an idea of what teams typically pay for something like this for an older player, uh, and this isn't even a, a good comp because Johnny Russell was much younger at the time, but Johnny Russell used to play for Derby County in England and Sporting got him a few months early, got him out of his contract early, paid a rumor of $280,000. So one, one eighth ish of what they're asking for Polito. So what do you think, Sheena? Should they sell him? Is this real? Is this nonsense? What do you got for me? They should sell him. I don't know if it's real and I don't know if it's nonsense, but for the amount of money we pay him, like he has his moments of you know, awesomeness, but overall, like, I'm just not impressed with him. I don't think he's a $2 million player. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think if, if the offer is real, if it's really for $2 million, which I, Chivas is apparently a notoriously cheap team. I don't, I don't keep up with them, but I've been told by several people, they're very cheap uh, that they wouldn't pay this much. If they're going to give them 2 million, I think you got to take it because that's a lot of money for somebody you're going to lose for free in a few months. Yeah. And then also you save half his salary this year. So he makes 2.2 million. So you'd be saving $3.1 million or you know making back some of that money i don't think this is real i don't think that's going to happen i don't think they'd ever pay that much and i think if sporting were to sell him you're you're kind of giving up on your season you've just turned things around if they were losing like they had been losing before you'd be like yeah let's get this guy sold yesterday right let's get him out of here but they're climbing up the table they're just on the edge of the playoffs it'd be an admission by vermees that this thing's over because like you said earlier Stephen Afrifa and Kyrie Shelton are the only healthy players that can play center forward. And we've, you know, Shelton's not a center forward. Afrifa's a rookie who arrived super late because he finished his college off. You'd be waiting for Willie Agata to come back from his injury. And while that's supposed to happen in the summer, who knows where things will be. So I think for me, it's going to depend on a lot of factors. I wrote an article about this over at CaseySoccerJournal.com. But one, do you have another target lined up that you would bring in to replace Plato? If you do, then oh my gosh, sell him yesterday. Um, but if you don't, and if 
like a free uh, Frifa's not ready to start. Agata's not back from his injury. You, you'd be giving up on this year. You're asking people to buy tickets for half a season where you're not going to be competitive probably. And maybe they'd be competitive, but I don't think you're going to win without a starting center forward. It's a very important position. I understand, but I still think, and who knows what they have going on behind the scenes. Maybe there is somebody there. They're trying to wine and dine and get a contract signed. So they can't. That sounds like a rhyme right there. Wine and dine and get a contract signed. Well, you know, I've been sitting here thinking of what I'm going to say, although I literally just came up with that on the fly. (laughs) But, but yeah, you just don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And I, I hope that they're putting all their options on the table and they, they get some money for him and he can go back um, to his former team who it sounds like wants him back. And hopefully we can get somebody in there. I don't think it's admitting that your season's over with. You just don't know. I mean, we haven't seen enough of a free fun, not saying he's going to be the win all or whatever, but the win all, the, the end all be all maybe. And all, I don't know. Yeah. Words but, are hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I guess it's, hard to say but we'll see we'll see what happens we'll see what happens all right sheena let's talk some kc current we went to the kc current game and they won they beat the north carolina courage one to nothing uh the goal came very early in the match Kristen hamilton started her first game since coming back from injury it was a really well-worked team goal they kind of lots of nice little passes they get the ball to davini up on the right hand side and then she cuts a ball back into what is commonly called the Man City zone for Manchester City. You kind of go to the end line and you cut it back into the box into a dangerous area. Hamilton, I don't even think she really caught the ball clean. It, it went kind of sloppily to the far post, but it worked out because if she had hit it clean, she might have not got it where it was uh, ended up going. And that was the only goal in the whole game. One to nothing. They end up holding on for the win. I think maybe one of the best defensive performances I've seen out of this yeah. team in a long time because they have really struggled as of late. And I was super impressed with the defense. They had a couple mistakes here or there, which you're going to get when you have a backline full of rookies and young players, but overall pretty good. Yeah, I was impressed with their defense as well. Uh, Chad was not sitting with us. He was in the press box and I was with my kiddo and our friends. And so our daughter forgot her iPad. So I was her entertainment through the night because a soccer game just wasn't enough for her. So... I watched the game. I did see the goal, but I spent a lot of the night doing trivia, trying to guess what num like what number every player was and what positions every player on Casey Current. I had. think you're. Our daughter actually did you a bit of a service there because uh, <laughs> you should know who the players are, right? You're doing a well, podcast no, 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 about no. them. no, 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 I know, like, I know the players' names. I didn't know their number. Like, she would give me a number. It should be like 99, and I'd have to guess, which is Dabinia. But I, I had, like, a few of them I memorized because we did it for so long. Well, but... there you go. Now now you'll be able to just glance. I, I often was... will know somebody because I can't see their numbers all the time, but you'll just know them by their hair, their boot color, or the position of the field that they're playing on. Although Dabinia is tricky because she just plays wherever Dabinia wants to play. She goes wherever. Yeah. She had some good little um, plays last night. Like, she's so good with her feet. Uh, I thought the defense did really good, though. I was nervous just because they've they've struggled the past few games, but 
they were pretty, you know, solid last night. I think it was just a, a good time. We had fun and it, I'm glad we got a win because we had four losses in a row. So that. And our, our buddy Jason came to this game <laughs> and he also came to the Montreal game or not Montreal, Minnesota game where it was a sporting KC win. Those are the only two games he's been to all year. I said, you have to go to the games now. This is how it works. You <laughs> two games. They were both wins for each team who were both struggling to win games at those times. Yeah. So yeah, a big one there. I want to give a special shout out in defense to Addison Merrick. I, I pick on poor Addie because she has not played great this year, but I thought she had one of her best games of the season. She was, she's a hustler. Honestly, I think she's a fullback and they're playing her at center back because they need a center back. So she's doing the best she can playing out of position. And she looked great. She had that play. Sheena, do you remember or were you being distracted at this time where she dribbled all the way down the field? She's a center back. She was in the box, North Carolina's box, attacking the goal. And then the defender comes across and gets the ball and then just cleans her out, like smacks her in the chest so hard. Do you remember that play? I don't. This makes for a good story. <laughs> go, go to my timeline at play for 90 on Twitter. I made a gif out of it. It was a really hard challenge. And I just don't know sometimes what these rules are. The, the NWSL refs seem to let the players just smack oh, each other around a lot. Was oh, this you remember? In the was this in the second half? Uh, yes, they would have been going that direction. Correct. Okay. Yeah, the second half there was a lot of North Carolina was getting real touchy pushy aggressive. Touchy pushy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just yeah. make it up your own words and expressions. Sheena loves yeah. to make up expressions that aren't real. I know. And our daughter, our daughter's doing it too. Because what, what was the one I texted you during the game last night? Oh, something about the horse's teeth or something no, instead of the horse's something mouth. something about or... teeth. It's at the tip of my tooth instead of the tip yeah. of my tongue. <laughs> that one really got me. I thought it was cute. Yeah, well, she has she's... a loose tooth and it's like really consumed her life. So there's that. <laughs> but yeah, so the, I the agree. second Physi- half physical game yeah and they weren't really call, like after a while they started ca- calling stuff but it felt like there was a lot of unanswered calls like no fouls given no cards and the crowd I don't know if you could hear it in the press box but the crowd was upset yeah I thought most of the time they were pretty justified in their booze. Of course, the crowd can be just a little upset sometimes when they, they just can't see what happened, right? And and you're just like, I'm going to mob mentality be upset because everybody is upset. But I agree. Even one of the owners, Chris Long, he, he retweeted something like, are you kidding me? <laughs> or something to that effect. And uh, I thought that was pretty apropos because it was a very tough game, a very physical game. I don't know if you saw the one foul that Lola Bonta took where she get like yes. chopped in the knee. They gave a yellow for it, but I was like, this could be a red. Like if her foot got stuck in the grass instead of coming up, she tears her knee and she's done for the year. Like it was a bad challenge. Yeah. That one, cause she was on the ground for a while. Like understandably. Yeah. Now, did you see at halftime, right? Right. As they blow the whistle for halftime, Caroline number nine for North Carolina. She's a Brazilian player as oh, well. Oh, not the coach. No, 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 no. Number nine for North Carolina. She's their, okay. one, like their, one of their forwards. She plays on the wing. She goes and like throws an elbow into Lo Labanta right as the halftime whistle blew. And Lowe was like turned around and was like, what the heck is going on right now? And then she tried to point it out to the ref and he didn't know what's happening. And Kristen Hamilton's trying to point it out to the ref, but Caroline was being very chippy. Now, admittedly they had found her a few times because she's such a good player. You just 
Fowler to stop her from, you know, keeping going. And she tore this team apart earlier in the season when they played against each other. So I don't blame them for playing that way, but she was very, very <laughs> upset about how the game was going. Yeah, she she took some hard hits last night. And so I'm sure, I bet she's feeling it today. Like she was on the ground a couple different times. And I oh, didn't you're back see... to talking about low, aren't you? Okay. Oh, sorry. I thought that's who we were still talking about. Yeah, I mean, it was related. Yeah, Caroline elbowed low, so. Yeah, and I was saying she she took some hits last night. Yep, I agree. Absolutely. You know what I think it was, the difference that we were talking, I want to go back to the defense for a second. This is a rough transition here. (laughs) Uh, You know what I think they were doing is they were playing super defensive. Like it was kind of boring at times, honestly, because of how defensive they were being. So they play in a back three, which can fall into a back five when you tuck your fullbacks in. And honestly, they were staying back. They had five back. Then they had a line of four where it's like usually you'd spread those players out a little bit more and then just one person up playing striker by themselves. So they were incredibly defensive, but you got to defend first, you know, like scoring goals, which they haven't been doing, honestly, uh, is second to preventing goals. Like if you give up a bunch of goals, you're never going to win games. You can get some ugly draws, but yeah, obviously they got to start winning and, and they they got on the right foot. So it'll be interesting to see how they adapt. And if they, as they play better teams, no offense to North Carolina, I don't think they're one of the better teams in the league. It's a weird team. I don't know how to read them. They beat Gotham who are the best team in the league. Now they have the best record in the league. And then they can't, they can't beat some of these other teams. I don't know. It it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Do you have any other thoughts about the game itself? I was going to say, I did notice they were playing a back five because when, I don't know if it was at the beginning of the game or at halftime, or like after halftime ended, I was trying to get her kiddo to watch the defense because that's where she tends to play when she's in soccer. So I was like, hey, you should watch and get some tips. And then she's like, my team doesn't line up like that. And I was like, yeah, I don't. I guess I don't know their lineup because I don't. I guess I just don't pay that close attention to the defense. So. Well, at the age our daughter's playing at, they have well, less player, yeah. players on the field, so that's yeah. it's nine v nine instead of eleven v eleven. So they kind of do because her team, our daughter's team, plays a back three, which is what this team is doing. You just don't have fullbacks to tuck in next to them. So yeah, you should have told her to watch. Well. I don't know. Watch Addison Merrick. Watch uh, Gabby Robinson. That's the kind of the position that our daughter is playing. Oh, Anyways, we're she knows all about woods. Robinson because that was my guess for half of the numbers she said. <laughs> oh, Sheena. Oh, uh, Sheena. I know. I know. Well, I want to issue a correction to Gotham are not in first place anymore as of the results this week, and they're currently losing as we're recording. So if they were to pull it out and win, they would they'd go back into first. But other teams okay. passed them over the weekend, so I don't want to be uh, given bad info, which you know occasionally happens. All right, but Sheena. It was a fun game. I'm glad we went. Maybe next time you'll be cool and sit with us, but probably not. Yeah, you know what's funny is the PR people were like, oh my gosh, you finally came to a game because it's only my second KC current game as a member of the press. And then I didn't well, even stick around and do media afterwards. I rushed right out to you all. Well, we're busy people. It's true. There's a lot going on in life. There's too much soccer and not enough time for me to consume it all. And we have other things outside. Oh, of soccer. and it's not just soccer. Oh, that's right. I'm supposed to like be an adult and be a parent and be a, <laughs> like go to my job. A husband. Oh yes, husband. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so let's talk digital crawl, y'all. I just got one item in the crawl. Uh, the U.S. Women's National Team U20s. 
Uh, they won the other day over Costa Rica 2-1. to one. It was actually a pretty tough game uh, to qualify for the U-20 World Cup next year. Uh, I'll, a couple quick thoughts on it. I know the crawl is supposed to be quick, but I'm going to just throw a few things out there. It was chaotic. Uh, Sheena didn't watch this stuff. It was end-to-end. I actually got our daughter to watch one of these games with me because I was trying to get them her to watch the defenders and learn from them. It was a, her effort to not go to bed is what was happening. Yeah. <laughs> um, the video assistant referee had maybe the worst th- game I've ever seen. I liked that they have VR in this competition, but they're horribly misusing it because they only have a few cameras, so there's not good angles. They gave a penalty to the, to the U.S. that they didn't deserve. The U.S. did not score it, so that felt right. And they say the ball ball don't lie, right? Whenever you miss your PK and you shouldn't have got a PK. It's just a really shaky call. There was not a video proof for in my mind it turned it over. Then at the end of the game, the United States was given a red card. Actually, Alexa Thompson, you know Alexa Thompson, number one draft pick for Angel oh, yeah. City. Mm-hmm. Her little sister, Giselle Thompson, plays for the U-20s. She plays right back. And she got a red card. And this angle they were showing was like the camera behind the goal on the complete other end of the field. And then they said that it was like a hard foul. And I couldn't even tell if she got the ball, didn't get the ball, it was impossible to tell what was going on. Like, I'd have been okay with a yellow card, but to go back and change it to a red card from video and all the reviews took forever. It was, I was like, are they trying to do video review bad in women's soccer? Because MLS, I feel like handles it way better, but the NWSL, as we complain about all the time, does a terrible job with it. Then they took away a goal for offside that was onside and they didn't review it. Or if they did, they didn't take any time. And I was like, what is going on? So luckily none of it mattered. Because the U.S. is still ultimately win, but they probably should have won by a lot more. They were averaging five goals a game, and they only got two in that one. But they will go on. They are facing, actually, they already played today uh, against Mexico. I have no idea what happened because it was on Fox Soccer Plus. I don't have that. So it doesn't matter. I've never heard of that. Yeah. They're they're going to the World Cup anyways. So hopefully they won. I probably should have looked that up. (laughs) All right, y'all. Uh, the schedule for the week, the KC Current are back on the road. They are going to go play OL Rain on Saturday, June 10th at 9 p.m. They have a midweek game after that, a Challenge Cup game back at home. We'll talk about that next week more. Then Sporting KC, they are back at home for their next two games. Only be one before we record another podcast. They're going to host off to Austin. Oh, my gosh. They're going to host off to- <laughs> Oh, my. They're going to host Austin FC, I think is what you're trying to say. Yeah, now you have to leave all my stuttering in there. Yeah. Uh, Austin has climbed into a playoff position, but they have been having a pretty bad season. They're just a few points, uh, one point or two points ahead of Sporting right now. So that should be an important and critical game, and hopefully Sporting can keep their their streak going. If y'all haven't already, please go rate and review the podcast. Five stars, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you know the drill. If you'd like us, we could read your review on the air. Uh, if you don't like us, just at me on Twitter at playfor 90 or if you want to get in touch with Sheena, I can see these messages, gentlemen, at For the Glory KC on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Oh but it's mostly it's mostly Sheena running those accounts. <laughs> and then uh, if you want to email us, maybe ask us some questions for the pod, for the glory KC at gmail.com. But here is Christian Leo with Ride It Like You Mean It. Take care, everybody. Bye.